Hey, you are listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ podcast. Hey, what's up, guys? Got to take care of a few things before we jump into this week's episode. First, our ramping isometrics for BJJ program. It is a 12-week program all laid out for you. It's going to help you build strength and cardio in the fastest, safest, and most convenient way possible. This is how James and I have been training for the past year, and we love it. So we put this program together so you can just follow along, and we are certain you will see and feel the benefits that we do. It's only 15 bucks. Just go to GrumpyGuyBJJ.com, click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner, and you'll find it. Next, R3. Is this is our K2 D3 supplement. It is a combination combination of those two vitamins D3 and K2. These are two vitamins that James and I have been taking for a long time that really help us recover from hard training sessions. And for only 15 bucks with free shipping, you get a whole month supply. I was going to pull up some studies explaining the benefits of D3 and K2, but I'm not going to insult your intelligence and pretend to be a fucking scientist. I take it it helps me recover. That's it. So for 15 bucks, check it out. And last but certainly not least, we have partnered up with Dejitsu.com. They have a ton of awesome BJJ instructionals, and they have hooked us up with a discount code for our listeners. It's Grumpy10. So what you got to do is you go to Dejitsu.com, which is D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com. Find the instructionals you want, throw them in a shopping cart, in the little discount code box, you type in Grumpy10, which is just G-R-U-M-P-Y, and the number 10, one zero. That's it. No spaces. Boom. You get 10% off. You're up and running. They got a nice app you can download on your phone. That way you can take your instructions right to the gym with you, watch the technique, drill it. It's a pretty sweet setup. So once again, D-I-G-I-T-S-U.com, discount code Grumpy10, G-R-U-M-P-Y, one zero. Simple as that. To find all this stuff I just got done talking about, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com. Click the drop-down menu in the upper right-hand corner. There, you'll subscribe to our newsletter for podcast updates. You'll find links for the Ramping ISOs program, the R3 Recovery Supplement, and then under the Programs and Products tab, you'll find a link to dejitsu.com. And let's be honest, if you guys can't figure out how to navigate a website by now, there's nothing I can do to help you. So quit fucking around. Check it out, train hard, and let's get into this week's episode. Three and boom. Back again. Back again. Got our, uh, what episode number are we on, man? This, I think this will be 93. No way. Yep. Man, we're like within less than two months of episode 100. Yep. I'll do something to celebrate. Not really. 100? We should do the 104, right? That'd be two years. 52. Yeah, 104. Yeah. Anyways. Anyways. We got a few weeks figured out. We'll let the happy gals plan it out for us. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that'll be fantastic. <laughs> They'll take care of us. Anyway, so, on to better subjects like my pee, my urine. Good way to start this thing yes, out. Yes, yes. This is the our, our pee cast. So, <laughs> I, got, uh, I got the BJJ box, and one of the things in it was, uh, it's called... Vivo, V-I-V-O-O, and like at first I'm like, what the fuck is this? It's like Vivo, and it says your body's voice, and I'm like opening it, and trying to figure out like what it is, and eventually it dawns on me. I'm like, oh, there's this little sealed thing that's got a strip in it that I'm supposed to pee on the end, 
and then I take a picture and then it uploads the picture to their data center or whatever and then based on the color of these little boxes they're able to give you a score on like your immune function and liver function and hydration levels and things like that and then give you like an overall wellness score and so um yeah that was the that was it so i just showed you and i hadn't used it yet and we had talked about some various ways to incorporate it into the show and then we decided to just have me do it before the show would be the easiest thing and I did not go into the bathroom and witness this. No. So I'm taking his word for it. Was, it was yes, it was not a team effort. Thank so, goodness. Yeah. We do a lot of things together. Going to the bathroom should not be one of them. No, checking out your your pee. So <laughs> I will say, first impressions, that peeing on a strip is um, not the easiest, most sanitary thing in the world. So maybe you get better at it with time. But it's really kind of hard to avoid, like making a mess, a little bit of a splash around. So that's why you get some people when they do it will pee in a little cup and then dunk the strip in there. Uh, well, see, their instructions specifically said to to have it midstream. I, I don't. I made note of that because they were like specifically told you which part of the stream it should be at. I'm, I would. I'm guessing they. Seconds. I'm guessing they say that is because they don't want you catching the first little bit of pee that comes out. Right. Because they, they. I think I've heard. I've heard that for a pee test of sorts. Like if you're gonna like test your ketones or whatever. Right. Like you got to pee a little bit first and then check it and then put it in Get a cup and check it. In. You don't. You don't want to do like, right. the very first amount of pee that comes out yeah. for some reason or another. Huh. Well, anyway, so that was their instructions. There didn't seem to be an alternate of like. So, so did you use it midstream or did oh, you? Oh, no, I got it. I did it right. Mm-hmm. And so, like I said, it was, uh, like I said, maybe you get better at it. But I'm like, God, dude, like it's so better give me some good info or be worth it for me to have to deal with this. So, it's it was interesting. I mean, this is the, so you do it, you hit the start button and then there's a little timer. And then when the timer gets down to, the waits two minutes and then it comes up and it tells you to like, has a little like box on the screen it says line up your strip in the camera, like mm-hmm. basically, and, and you know, get it lined up, and then it takes the picture and then uploads it, and then it gives you your score here. And so this is the. Uh, you see how this thing breaks down. Yeah. So that's your wellness score, my overall wellness score. But then it goes into like your uh, hydration, water, yeah, your hydration, your pH. P- the immunity. immunity. 10 out of 10 for immunity. Yeah, man. Look at you. I don't really get sick. 10 out of 10 for kidney function. Kidney. My liver. It's feeling those fucking old chubs last yeah, night. Yeah, so I was going to say, I wonder if that's accurate. <laughs> UTI. Apparently, I don't have urinary tract nope, infection. No problems there. And my ketones are normal. And so, like, you can break down, like, it'll tell you, like, what, how they're affecting it or how they're, what they're looking at. Right. And then, you know, what the scores kind of break down to and then that comes out to your average so 6.4 which i mean coming off of a hard week of training is uh i would say is is probably pretty accurate and then it gives you these little recommendations down here that you can told you you could add some rice brown rice brown rice says i'm good on hydration gives you like some snack ideas that's kind of cool man it's, it, it really is. It's kind of cool. That's it why I'm cool. torn because yeah. I'm like, 
do I really want to spend money to pee on a strip? But I'm going to like, this is kind of interesting. It is kind of interesting. Is uh, Have you looked at the price of it? Did I have not. No, no, no. I was going to do that right look now. Look that up while we're yeah, talking yeah. about it. I'll look it up. Yeah. So, so anyways, I, yeah, I mean, that along with Morpheus, get your Vivu score and your recovery score. Yeah, and yeah I'm pumped for my Morpheus. I, I was telling you last night that yeah. uh, Joel Jameson <laughs> sent me that um, email. Saying, you know, the shipment of the latest Morpheus got delayed a little bit because of their bands or something. So, yeah, it's coming at the end of August. But for having to wait, he's hooking me up with his latest and greatest recovery program that he's designing. Yes. So he's going to, and that's not even out yet. He's got to finish making it and then he'll send that access to that over. Yeah, so, he is, that's uh, pretty cool. He's been hyping that up a little bit. Cause, I mean, that's what, one his, of the, uh, his new recovery program? Yeah, because that's one of the big requests he gets is like, you know, Joel's he's a um he's a really smart guy. And he, he's almost like so smart that he forgets that most people aren't smart. But in, it's kind of like you. Well, yeah. <laughs> very similar to you. <laughs> so, but, anyway, sorry. To, no, 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 please proceed. So he uh um so his whole thing is that you can't you have to customize training. You like a cookie cutter approach is it's not going to be optimal. It's good for the big rocks, but when you... And so, like, but that's his whole thing is, like, you know, so the the recovery score is meant to help guide you in making your decisions each day as far as what you're going to do. Like, you wake up and you may have a plan, but the idea is, like, you know, that plan was customized for you, and then you're going to customize that plan based on where you're at that day. Like, that's the level of customization that you really want. Like, optimally, that's, you know, what produces world champion athletes. But that's just not realistic for most people because most people want to know, okay, I'm orange today. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And he's, I, I feel like he's kind of fought that so hard for so long that he's finally just given in and been like, look, here. I will create some programs for you guys. You quit asking me. Quit asking me. Because it's, yeah, it's the number one thing that people want is like, okay, well, give me a workout based on what I should do based on my recovery score, what my HRV is, or, you know, whatever. And so um, the big thing for a lot of people, that's why the recovery workout uh, is, I think, his first one, is most people are just fucking overtrained. Mm hmm. And so they need to reset their their parasympathetic nervous system. They're just really sympathetic dominant. They're just always on, and and so just getting you uh, kind of help increasing your recovery score and your overall HRV is really like a primary goal with most people when you get them. And so, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of that. Why he, I think that's his first one. He kind of almost by him creating Morpheus, kind of almost pigeonholed himself into having to create that. So people stop harassing him. And plus he saw a need for it. It's something people wanted. So he's like, all right, finally I'll make it. Finding the price. I am looking at the price here, man. So Vivu. Can I take care Did you buy a month's supply? I want to take a crack at this. What? I want to take a crack at the price. Yeah. I'm going to guess. So, But I want to know how much you purchase. Like if you make a purchase, is it like 30 sticks or what are you buying? You are buying... Four strips. And they're 
this is single use strips, right? Single use strips. So you basically looks like they're letting. It's basically once a once a week. Once a week is what once they a week is kind of what the yeah the seems to be with their. Obviously, I think you can do more, but right. I think that they're saying like if you're gonna do it, doing it once a week is gonna be your uh, um, top thing. All right, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go somewhere else. Dude, it's my dog driving nuts. All right, so once a week, getting four strips. Four strips. Hmm. Because I know some of those strips can be expensive. And they got an app to go. I want to say they're going to charge you 30 bucks for four of them. No, man. About less. Like, if you do one off, it's 25 bucks for one package of four strips. I wasn't too... I was close and you can use i got a code somewhere <laughs> like probably bjj box that's usually the code that discount comes with code. that they get a 30 percent off uh oh. discount using that coupon so that'd code be what, another seven bucks off yeah roughly? yeah so what because 750 off be, yeah. yeah 750 off so under 20 bucks huh. with the discount and then they got subscriptions so if you do a monthly subscription it's 15 bucks a month and if you sign up for a six months, so basically every it it comes breaks down to nine ninety a month. That's not bad. Yeah, that's not bad at all, no, really. If you do a subscription, man, ten bucks a month. Yeah. To keep track of it. no, if and if it seems to be accurate, it might be worth trying for a month. Yeah, I mean, you know, especially just, with the discount, that's yeah. not hard. No, it's, it's ten out. bucks, man. Try it. Yeah, I mean, I, I fucking usually pee in the shower anyway. So it's just. <laughs> I'll just fucking do it. There. Pipes are pipes. They all go to the same <laughs> they all place. They go to the same place, There's man. not pee pipes and water right. pipes. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> no one's going to kick me out of my own fucking bathroom. You're going to mix them up. in the shower, right? <laughs> yeah, so, I'm making that a shot, man. I mean, the, the, the app's free, obviously, so you're really just paying for the strips. The strips. So, yeah. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I'd be interested to check it out like once a week. Kind of add it into my, my uh, overall info. Trying to make decisions with, which I don't know. I mean, the other day my fucking recovery score was eighteen percent. Were you there? Was that Thursday? This week? Yeah. No, what? When Jamie was here? Yeah, no, I was not. Dude, yeah, I go in Thursday, man, and I woke up that morning, and my recovery score on Morpheus was eighteen <laughs> percent. Is that the lowest it's ever been? It may be up there, yeah, or down there, I down guess. There, yeah. It's hilarious because it doesn't even register on the bar graph. It's oh, just, really? It's blank. Yeah, it's like it has to be like over twenty percent for it to like register Show on the bar way. graph, and so it's basically like it's just I was dead that day, but. uh you know, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? Jamie's in town. I'd taken the day off before, Wednesday, because we, I'd train Monday and Tuesday, and man, I could feel it. I was like, ooh, man, if I go in and train Wednesday, I'm really going to be struggling. And so I, uh, like technically, what was I? I think I was orange. And so I wasn't that bad, but I was like, I'm just going to take the day off. And then I woke up Tuesday, or Thursday, and I'm fucking 18% red. And it's like, well, what are you going to do, man? You know, what are you going to do? It's, you, you know, I'm, Jamie's in town. I got to go train. So I went in and trained anyways. And We're talking like, about Jamie Canuto. Jamie Canuto, yes, who we will, we will get to here in a, uh, in a minute, talking about some of the stuff. Yeah, it was orange. I was him, like him 70. And, him and Amanda. What's, a, what's Amanda's last name? Isn't it like Montero or something? Yeah, I think so. I'm like, sorry if I'm butchering it. Yeah. I'm sure she doesn't listen to us anyways. No. Uh-uh. She could care less about us. Yeah. 
But, uh, well, no, she likes me now because I'm married to Kiele. And so, she likes Kiele. And she likes Kiele. Exactly. I told Kiele, I'm like, I'm so glad that you make friends with all the Black Belt's wives because you made me like way more socially acceptable uh, to them. So, yeah, they're going to exchange sourdough. Like, Kiele's going to... Uh, she showed her how to do uh, the kombucha last night. So, she's going to start doing kombucha and uh, she wants to learn how to make sourdough bread. Nice. And... The teriyaki chicken she likes. She wanted that recipe, so they're like all. And Kelly's like, "Fine, you know, I'll give you teach me some art, teach me some jujitsu, and I'll teach you some cooking stuff or whatever." So yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a good exchange. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, he's in town training. So eighteen percent red or not, it's like you gotta train. I gotta fucking go in and train. So but, I mean, I guess I I, don't, I you know try to nap, rest hydrates you know i'm trying to mitigate the damage and i knew you know i might pay for it i'll probably pay for it later but uh you just got to do it so that's the thing with the morpheus it doesn't mean because you're red you don't train it just means that like you gotta man if you gotta train that day because you have to do it like you got to do it but it at least makes you more cognizant of okay i'm kind of burning the candle at both ends here like i've got to take steps to not completely blow myself out of the water and, and it, uh, it'll, it'll make you be more mindful of trying to mitigate that damage yeah you know, you, it would for me anyways oh for sure you yeah know, if i saw that if i was in the same situation to where we had a world champion in town and you know my recovery score is below the charts not off the charts right. you're gonna train but if you know your score your recovery score is that low you're going to really be thoughtful. Okay, like, all right. I usually don't take a nap. I'm going to take a nap today. I, you know, like make sure I'm definitely even maybe a little overhydrated. Like, drink a ton of water. You know, be mindful of what you're putting in your system that day as far as eating. Like, don't challenge it. Like, you don't need to add any other stress to your body. Yeah. Just <clears throat> because you know you're going to be stressing it again come training time that night. Yeah. And definitely after you're done training, man, I made sure I was foam rolling. Yep. You know, I, I'm a little, like, hit and miss with that. But, like, that night, I was like, I have to. I got to do my foam rolling and stretch out make sure I'm doing things to um, try and mitigate, you know, what I did. And, uh, but, yeah, it was it was good. It's funny, though, because, like, those days when I'm red or, like, really bad, I tend to not, like, I tend to do all right rolling because, like, I don't expect shit out of myself. Because your expectations are lower. My expectations are lower. And then... I'm so, like, it gives you... Like a mental break because you're not expecting a lot out of yourself. You're like, all right, man, I'm just going to focus on the basics today. Protect myself, be safe, and just get some good training in. I'm not trying to yeah, yeah. go turbo destructo. Yeah. And the, the relaxed mindset you can get in from that is it's, it's yeah, very helpful, man. It is. It's funny, man. Yeah. Our buddy uh, Thomas from, uh, from, oh, where's it from? Rifle. Rifle. Yeah. He said before, he's like, yeah, if you ever get in your own head and you need a break, he's like, go out the night before get really drunk and show up hungover the next day and you got no expectations and you'll probably do great if you don't throw up <laughs> that sounds like something a true dutchman would say yes yes <laughs> i was like that i've never had that advice from a black belt before but coming from him it's like fitting fitting it is he's a good dude he's funny <laughs> i know i like that dude a lot man i'm glad he comes on and and trains with us because he's about our size yeah give him take a little bit yep nah man he's a funny guy <laughs> same thing it's like yeah, it is you get in your own head you have your own expectations and then you know too many minds and then you're not able to just like you can't have a mind like you can't be thinking that's the whole nope. 
that's the whole thing. The whole goal is uh, having not because no mind, you, yeah, just, no mind, man. And it's like because as soon as you think of something, your mind sticks. And uh, I've been reading that Lone Samurai book, I'm telling you, and it's it's cool because they they actually pull from like uh, other works kind of similar to the Book of Five Rings because that wasn't the only book on swordsmanship. No, and you know Musashi wrote another one. Yes, called, like. The, the way of, the way of walking, walking alone, alone, like the the, the kado. Yep. I'm not saying it right. Dakado, yep. probably it's probably Dakado. Yep, I believe that's the name of it. Yep, yeah, that was his first one yep. that he wrote, and uh, but yeah, like that guy Takawan. Yep, um, he wrote one. Was it the Life Giving Sword? Um, yep, I believe, and something so, along those lines. Yeah, but anyway, so like they'll talk about they'll, they'll pull from some of these other texts, like talking about like how. You know, you can see how Musashi probably influenced these guys who wrote these things, and uh, and I was like, one of the sections was talking about like the mind that is nowhere can be everywhere, and that's the whole thing. As soon as your mind sticks, as soon as you think like you know you have ten opponents, as soon as you think about one of them, you're fucked because now your mind is stuck there, and it's like you got to be able to just let it not get stuck, and that is like. So fucking hard to do. It's hard. So hard. But when it happens, you're just like, and then you're, and what sucks is then you try to deconstruct. You're like, what did I do? How can I replicate? That? How can I replicate that? Yes, exactly. What, you know what? What you know? Events took place to put me in that state. Yeah. And, you know, it's like chasing the zone. You know, people yep. call it. It's, no, that's what it is, man. It's very exactly hard to what do. it is. That was the whole that mind no mind thing. It's the it's so fucking hard to It's hard to get out of your head. Hard man. to do, man. Especially when you're like with jujitsu, it's interesting because I I feel like with a lot of other activities, it's easier to do. Like man, jujitsu is fucking hard because it is so intense. Well, it's that and it's so personal. Yeah, that's what makes you're, it intense. You're, you're getting yeah. It's personal combat. Personal combat, you know, and it's hard. You can't, you will never eliminate completely, you know, pride or ego out of it. Right. You know, I've talked about before that when you're wrestling with somebody, you shouldn't even see them as another person. You should just see them as another jujitsu. They're presenting you with jujitsu problems. Yeah. It doesn't matter who it's coming from. You could just put a mask on them so you didn't know who it was. Yeah. And it would help you. If you didn't know who it was. Probably. It would help you because there's people that you like, maybe you don't, you don't really care for their outside life or out, off the mats. Right, and so you're definitely not going to want to lose to them. It just yeah, it's human psychology. Yeah, you have that thing like I should or I, I should lose. I should. Yep, yep. It's dude. I got a quote for you, man. I'm glad you brought that up because I I'd I'd, uh, I'd found this other quote in um, in the book here, and it was I think another one from Takuan. Let me see. I gotta find it here. Here it goes. So this is. It's funny, man. This has become like my new little, like mantra. Like I, like I had an epiphany. I was because I read this after my private that I had with uh, with Kevin and I did a private with Jamie. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they told me because I've heard over and over and over again is I need to relax. And that you know sometimes I'm just like you know too strong when I don't need to be, and I need to relax. And that that gets used against me. My like. You know, using strength where I don't need to use strength gets used against me, and that it won't be there for me when I need it. And 
and it's it's kind of a confusing because man you got a fucking black belt on top of you like trying to kill you and applying a shit ton of pressure and 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 think the fucking walls are closing in and you know they're closing in and they're telling you to relax <laughs> it's like the sharks attacking you just relax right right right, right. and it was like it was so it was you know, it's kind of frustrating, you know, because I'm trying to understand what they're saying. And then... We've been telling you that for years. I know, I know, I know, I know. And so then I'm sitting and I'm reading The Lone Samurai and I come across this fucking passage and, and a lot of it was what you were, were saying. So it's, it's a hair, not super long, it's a few sentences here. It's not like a fucking one sentence quote. So <laughs> it says, Presumably, as a martial artist, I do not fight for gain or loss, am not concerned with strength or weakness, and neither advance a step or retreat a step. The enemy does not see me. I do not see the enemy. Penetrating to a place where heaven and earth have not yet divided, where yin and yang have not yet arrived, I quickly and necessarily gain effect. I like it. Is that yeah. from, that's from the Lone Samurai? That's from Musashi or no? That quote is in the, uh, in the Lone oh, Samurai. Takuan. It's a Takuan. Yeah, I quickly and necessarily gain effect. Yeah, that was from uh, one of his books. Um, anyways, it's in there. But, uh, yeah, and I read that and I was like, oh, like I understand what they, what they mean. Like me, it, it's hard to explain. And even that, like that passage, it's like, unless you've experienced it and you really kind of have some sort of backdrop to understand it, like shit like that is like, what the fuck is that? Like penetrate to a place where heaven and earth have not yet divided or yin and yang have not yet arrived. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> right. But it's like, that's that no mind. It's that mind, no mind. Like, like. Things haven't happened yet, but if you can get to that place and be able to react at that level, like that's how you gain effect. You get ahead of the fucking game. And part of that is relaxing because like if I only need 70% of my strength for something and I'm using 80 or 100 or whatever it is, then like I don't have, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not there. I can't. I can't. Re- I I can't react to what they're doing appropriately. Like I, I'm I'm too absorbed in the moment. I I don't know. It's hard to explain, but it like it made perfect sense. It's like I need to create some separation between how much strength I I need and how much strength I have, so that when they move, I have some room to move. I I don't know, but. So anyways, that's my totally the, confusing... No, no, I, I see what you're saying. There's a way I, I try to explain this to new people a lot. Is Because you, you, I mean, you're not the only one that uses too much too much strength. Dude. Especially when it's one of your attributes, you're going to use it, man. And you're good at setting up frames. It's not just like... Because it's not like you're freakishly strong. You're just very... You have a really good body awareness, and you know how to set up structurally. You know, and it's yeah. and it's fucking hard to stop, and it's a good strength you, or so you use it. So telling you to relax isn't gonna, it doesn't resonate, and new people it doesn't resonate with. And so I always tell them like, well, look at where jujitsu came from. You know, Helio Gracie was tiny. He was not a physical specimen in any way, shape, or form. And all the jujitsu that his brothers and stuff were learning, and cousins. They were learning a lot of stuff that worked for big, strong, powerful guys, and he couldn't do it the same way. So he had to come up with ways that worked for smaller guys. And so that I always try to get that lesson across to be like, listen, it's you don't have to be a big fucking linebacker to make this yeah. shit work. And so if you get to the point to where like you're trying to do a move and you're just not strong enough, guess what? 
Right. You're not doing the right move. Like, do something else. Do but something else. It's not even, like, strong. It's like, so, I hear, I hear what you're saying, it, but it's more like, I guess, like, the easiest, the analogy that I have is, because I, I was explaining to Shiloh with sprinting, right? It's not the ability to produce more force. It's the ability to relax more between mm-hmm. the production of force. So, you, so if you can produce 100 units of force, but you can only relax down to 50, you can only have 50 units of force that you can use effectively. If you can relax down to 30, well, you have the same exact strength, but you now you can effectively use you got more 70. Ju- you got more adjustment. More volume, yeah. right? Like the volume's not maxed out to 100, and, and then you can turn it down lower. And, and, and then the lower that you can turn it, the more opportunity lies for for strength to be displayed and used and and so that's what i you know again like kind of what i took away because they were saying like when when jamie told me your strength won't be there for you when you need it i heard like i'm gonna get tired Mm -hmm. and it's not you know i I know i get tired but it takes a lot to make me tired and and generally i'm still pretty fucking strong like i said because a lot of it's frames Mm -hmm. and getting isometrically strong with frames but it's like how much of my isometric strength am i putting behind those frames if I'm doing 100% when I only need 80, well, that's 20% strength potential that I don't have access to. So when they go to move, I don't have any strength potential to tap into for my own movement. I'm fucking maxed out. Or if I'm higher than I need to be, if I only need to be at 60, but I'm stressed out and I'm producing 80, they go to move and I'm so stiff that I can't, I can't do what I need to. And so like, that, that was kind of more, it was like, it's, it's me creating that gap between what I need to and what I can produce. And, and the bigger I'm able to keep that gap, one, it, I'm relaxed and so I'm not producing as much energy and it's easier to do. But also, when I have the opportunity to move, I have more strength potential to put behind you got more that thr- move. You got more throttle. I got more, a little more volume yeah. to, to ramp up instead of just... Yeah, so, and, that, and that's where, like, you know, the small man jujitsu comes in because, like I said, like, the small man, they, that's, that's the, his only potent, like, way to win is to cr- have that gap and then be able to capitalize on it because, you know, the other guy's bigger and stronger than you. But, like, if you can capitalize on him being in a bad position or making a mistake, then that's what allows you like that's what jujitsu is like that's what all of a sudden you're on his back or you're on top and so uh but if you're that movement that ability to move and capitalize on your opponent's movement is the hallmark of small man jujitsu because that's the only fucking thing that they can do because you can't move them right they, you have to wait for them to move yes, and capitalize. Exactly. You have to capitalize on their movement. Yeah. And if you're trying to just force your own movement on the situation, and that's what I found myself doing, because like my reply to them was like, well, I get frustrated. You know, like I want to play jujitsu, and people will get grips on me, or, you know, get in a bad spot, and I'll just, you know, I'll try and force things, and ah, I'm trying to like use my muscle and strength to, to you know, so, so I'm, I'm, then they're capitalizing on my movement. They're using it against me. I'm creating all this fucking movement that's not well projected, and uh, then they're capitalizing on it when I need to fucking relax and capitalize on their movement. And and I, I feel like the more, like if you are the better guy, 
right? Like if you're if you outweigh someone by fifty pounds and and, and you're the fucking higher belt and whatever, like you're able to impose, like you can kind of create your own movement, and it can you know give you that false sense of of stuff. And so I'm kind of in that middle ground. Like I'm not real big, but I'm not real small. So like I can kind of muscle my way through some things, but then I run into a fucking brick wall named Randy, and it's like, well, this just ain't working. This just ain't working. This just ain't working no more. So what the fuck do I do? And uh, yeah, so I'm hoping that that, that advice and that mindset shift is gonna um, help some. Because when they when I when it all clicked, I was like, that's exactly. I've been I've been trying to force my fucking will on the situation instead of just letting it happen, letting the situation unfold, and just capitalizing on what happens. It doesn't create the situation; it just enhances exactly. it. Exactly. Exactly. That's what we want. So, you know, and then there's a fine line because Musashi also emphasized taking the initiative. Yep. You know, so the, the that that it's it's weighing that with just being passive because you can you, you can, can be too take it too far. You can go the other way. Yeah, where I'm just always being like a counterpuncher, and you know that works can can work, but it, it taken to an extreme, it's not good. So you still need to be able to create your own situations given the opportunity and, and need but uh, yeah so it's good one day that lesson will sink through 100% <laughs> I doubt it man. nah it will nah well, it that's, will. The, that's the challenge man. you're a student fucking, of the game the fucking the mind is the toughest thing dude yeah I totally it's funny when it all came out I was like that's totally what you've been doing I've been a little frustrated because I, I felt like I was just missing something and it, it was it was like I just had gotten to the point where I was just trying to force things too much. and Well, and it's because you get success with it sometimes. Yeah. And then so you're like, oh, it worked here. So it should work every time. Every time. It's just because you get success with it once or twice or even 20 times doesn't exactly mean that it should work every time. It's not going to. Someone, someone's going to present prevent a defense or a counter to it that you're not privy to. And you're like, oh, yep. that's another way around it. Shit. Yeah. I didn't have the proper solution for that problem. Well, that's what I feel like a lot of, uh, and I, I could be wrong, but, um, <laughs> cause you've had these conversations with people. Like I create, I, I create, uh, some unique problems for people mm-hmm. and then people fucking figure it out. And, and, and it's kind of, it's one of the things I've found and then, you know, I'll, I'll start working on something or I'll find a move that, that works a little bit and, and it'll have success and then people will figure it out and then and then so where I was able to like kind of force that position and force that move before now when I'm doing it it's not working and it's getting unwound and then I'm getting like fucking frustrated because like fuck I should be able to keep doing this but you know the, like as it should the you know people figure it out so like I have to find new stuff and that's just the that's just the game. That's man. A, you do this, then I do that. Yes. Then you do this, and I do that. Yeah. Infinity. That's the thing with jujitsu is like it's not. I think I've said this before. Like with mountain biking, most of the time, like the trails stay the same. Like you get better, but the trails for the most part stay the same. Like that's not the way. Like jujitsu, you get better, and everybody else gets better too. If if things are going right, if your gym's doing the right thing, which you know I feel ours is, and our our people get fucking get better and figure things out. So and it's all about. Really, jiu-jitsu is all about problem solving. And yeah. you just have to make sure you're solving the correct problems. 
That's yep. the difference between a high-level black belt and a beginner. Yeah. Is they are just, they're seeing different problems and solving different problems. Yep. And you don't even know how to write numbers yet. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's, oh, yeah. that's what it is. It's just a matter of understanding, am I solving the right problem here? Yeah. And am I creating the right problem for my opponent? And am I solving the right block problem for myself? Yeah. That's the name of the game. And yeah. it's, it's ever-evolving, too. You know, like, like for example, you know, mountain biking or skiing, like you go down a run, it's, if you're going down the same trail or the same run, it's basically the same set of problems you encounter. So once you get a solution to it, you have the solution to it. And then you can just get better with that solution. But every time you slap hands with somebody, you got a whole other set of math problems to deal with. Yeah, it should be, man. You know? Yeah. No, that is. It might be close. Yeah. Problems might be close, but they're different. Yeah. No, that's why I love jujitsu, man. You never get bored with it. I know, dude. I cannot fucking wait to get <laughs> dude, I was, I was so like, it hit, it hit home again this week, man. Just like being that we had Jamie and Amanda in town, and I just, I, yeah, I just get this, this, like almost, I get almost sick to my stomach. You know that fear of missing out. I'm like, fuck, man. And like it just, sometimes it just hits me harder than others, and it's just, yeah. God damn, we get the pimentos coming in like a week or two, I think, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, we just, get a week off, and then pimentos gonna come. Man, like, dude, that's, that's something I wanted to bring up too. Is I'm not, and I'm not accusing anybody of this in our gym, but I, I'm sure I know what's happening, and it happens with all of us that you know Kevin does a really good job of bringing these high level black belts in. And just look at the seminar yesterday. We didn't have a very big turnout. There wasn't very many people there. Yeah. But look, there was six black belts on the mat, right? There was Jamie, Amanda, Kevin, me, Randy, George, and Thomas. There was seven. Dude, there was maybe 14 people there. Like, yeah. half of them were fucking black belts. And people just like, oh, yeah, whatever. No, that's pretty fucking awesome, man. Like, that... Dude, when I started jiu-jitsu, if I saw anybody higher than a purple belt, I was like, oh my god, that dude's a fucking brown belt. Like, they don't come around very often. And then to even see it, dude, I'm, I probably went a couple years doing jiu-jitsu. No, yeah, probably, I would have to say the first like couple years I did jiu-jitsu, I only saw a black belt a couple of times, or was on the mat with him a couple of times. When, I, when Kaiki would come in from California and fly back into Michigan and put on seminars or something. That'd be about it. Yeah. Until you started promoting people within our organization. You know, finally my coach got a black belt, but that was later on down the road. So, dude, I'd go like the first two years without even being on the mat with a black belt. And now now it's just, you know, it's more popular, common. There's more black belts out there. Yeah. And you turn up for a seminar in Little Grand Junction, there's seven black belts on the mat. Like, Fuck yeah, man. It's a cool thing, man. And if you're just starting out jiu-jitsu, I, obviously you'll never really understand where it's like on the other end, you know, back when jiu-jitsu was becoming new and popular here in the States. But it's a, it's a pretty special thing. Yeah. Nice. Well, I mean, dude, when I started, we didn't have a black belt in town. Nope. Yeah, Kevin moved to town, like, I think three or four months after I started jiu-jitsu. So, like, yeah, we had Matt was a brown belt. We had I was a purple, purple belt Rob and purple belt Tim. That was holding it. down the fucking fort. Yeah. Dude, we were the hottest ranked gi jiu-jitsu guys in town. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, once in a while we get some, you know, pastors through. Yeah. Yeah, but. No, man, it makes a difference. I mean, I will say in my just, you know, brief jujitsu career, when I, when you have people that you either go to places you roll with them or whatever, and, uh, you know, the highest belt at their gym is a, a purple belt or a brown belt, 
you can just tell. Like, man, taking ass whoopings from, from Kevin for seven years, you just, it, it's just different. Like, having a black belt there to roll with, to train with, to help you with your uh, progression and stuff, um, it's, it makes a difference, man. So, like, if you have access to one, like, don't take it for granted because not everyone does. Not everyone does. You still go to small towns and stuff. Not yep. everyone has yeah. the yeah. access that we have. Yeah. We're, we're pretty fortunate. Yeah, we are. Definitely. And if you're fortunate. at a gym like that, realize how fortunate you are. Don't take that shit for granted. Mm-hmm. There was a point in time to where that wasn't normal. Mm-hmm. So, yep. Yeah, but anyways, woe is me. I go back to fucking missing out. Like, God damn it, man. It was funny, man. I, I think I told you yesterday, one of the girls that came uh, was afraid to ask Jamie or Amanda to roll. She was a white belt. She's like, oh, I trained at a, you know, Gracie Baja or whatever, and you know, we can't ask higher belts to roll, or we're not supposed to. So she was all, so Kelly's having a tire, like, no, it's fine. we don't, we don't care about that at our gym. They want you to ask them, but that uh, is tradition at some gyms. That's old school way. I, I don't, I don't really agree with it. Yeah, yeah. You should just be able to ask anybody to roll, but it is. Some people still hold up that. Tradition, well, you know what's you know? what's interesting uh, was. Um, was it uh, Josh Hinger was talking about on the his podcast and about you know one he thinks is bullshit the the whole like can't ask higher belts to roll or don't ask black belts to roll and he's like oh, I think it's bullshit and he was saying like you know for him he feels kind of bad like asking lower belts to roll because you know it seems like maybe he's picking on you know like some blue belt or maybe there's people there that really kind of have anxiety things and really like you know would rather not uh roll with him and, and then he goes up and asks them and then you know they feel obligated to do it so he's like man for me it's way easier for me to have the lower belts who want to roll with me come and ask me than me try to like fucking look around the room and figure out like who who here do I want right because if people start analyzing it too much they see you looking around and you decide on somebody yeah and you're the higher rank they're like oh why do you pick me yeah, yeah. and it, it does it gives you it does give you a little hesitation or a little anxiety about it yeah and I mean I had some of that coming up because like like I just said you know black belts weren't normal they weren't common right and when you did get a chance to roll with somebody that high level, it would do. It was intimidating. It's fucking still is for me, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is fucking intimidating. It's uh, yeah, I mean, dude, you got like Jamie come through, and again, like that's so good. It's such a good example. Of, like, dude, there are levels to this shit. It's like Kevin's good. Like Kevin's a, a pretty good black belt, and then Jamie comes through, and it's just like, just a whole another level to yeah. it. And, uh, and then we got Pimenta coming and that's what's really cool is like two completely different styles for the most part you know I mean, when you break it down they're all yep. they're basically using fundamentals differently but, but like Jamie's style yeah. versus Pimenta's style are totally different and so like I like having those two uh, perspectives um, you know on, on how to do jujitsu so if you had to pick one of the two styles which one do you prefer the one i prefer personally is jamie is it which is why pimenta is probably better for me (laughs) but yeah no i think that jamie's style because he's him and i got similar body styles Mm -hmm. um and just his you know in the seminar everything was like how to go from 
spider guard and, and leg lasso to um, Ashigurami. I'm like eating that shit up. It's like, oh, that's great. Like, and so uh, he, he likes the high mount. Like, I mean, I call it the Canuto high mount at this point because before he came uh, to town and really kind of demonstrated that high mount where you get the knees up in the armpits and the feet on the hips that uh, I was all about the fucking pimentous, you know, low mount where you just got the hips on their hips and you're just sipping in and just smashing the fuck out of them. And, and that's good too. But I like the, like, I like the, the smothering, the fucking, the high mount where you just get up in their armpits and you're over their face and their fucking arms are flailing around. And like, you know, that's, I, I prefer that to attack from that position. than I do like smashing into their hips and they got their arms up and I'm trying to cross choke them or fucking arm bar them when they know that the fucking arm bar is coming from a mile away kind of thing. So both of them have their... They're both great. They're both great. I mean, dude, demoralizing someone with just a good smash mount and like, yeah, you know this shit's coming, bitch, and you can't Not stop, stop it. it. I love that too. But uh, it's uh, just my personal style is a fits, little more... Fits a little bit more. Fits with. a little bit more with Jamie's uh, jiu-jitsu, I think. And, but, you know, Pimenta, like I said, that's why Pimenta's probably better for me because Pimenta forces me to look at and work on elements of my game that I necessarily wouldn't like. Dude, my passing I still like him coming through and starting to work with us because um, dude, he's that's his whole thing. Like, has that dude shown us anything from the bottom? I can't remember. I mean, probably. Very little. Very little, man. Like, his whole game is fucking takedown, pass the top, fucking, smash, get on top, smash, choke, yeah, cross heart, choke heart. from out. Like, I mean, that's his game. And, and it's, it's, uh, super effective and for him all roads lead, lead to, to the mount oh, yeah. and so it's passing heavy pressure passing and so um but yeah him coming through and his influence on uh our gym with his passing and stuff this is, is dude, we've all huge so much from huge it. yeah man his, his footwork and all the stuff so um and that that's the stuff that i wouldn't you know, necessarily work on as much uh, if I wasn't, if I, you know, had people telling like, look, you need to work on this and look at this, you got this fucking great resource uh, to do it with, so. Um, and then again, that goes back to how awesome it is that we got both those guys such high level come through yeah. and train in our gym. Because then you can pick out, like, I like what he does in this position and I like what you know, Pimenta does in this position. Oh, I like what Jamie does here better. And you kind of, yep. you get a little hybrid of it. Totally. Yeah, that's exactly how you, that's how it should be. Yeah, You're yeah. Like, oh, I like how he did that. Yep. Oh, that, that was sweet. Dude, yeah. it's funny. I, I think I've told you, like, because I have, I, I associate pieces of my game with people. Mm-hmm. And so, like, you know, uh, neon belly to mount and is like, I mean, that's Pimenta. I learned how to fucking get to mount from a neon belly from watching him mount Kevin. And it's like, Kevin's fucking good, man. It's hard to mount that dude. And Pimenta just, his little, like, he gets that knee on belly and then he sucks the other leg in, like, tight and it's not sticking out to the side and that little pressure he does. And dude, it's so fucking beautiful. I love that. And, uh, but, so I'll think, like, okay, you know, for some reason, like, all right, Pimenta smash coming up. And then I'll switch to, you know, something will come up and I'll grab their head and I'm like, all right, hang your team. Or like, you know, it's like, I've got like people like Canuto high mount. It's just, it's funny, man. These things will pop into my head where I'll like, 
I'll mentally shift gears into another person's game, like, yeah. or like aspect of my game, but it's associated. Like, I associate it with that person. I, I do the same thing. Yeah, 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 man. It's like, all right, it's time for the fucking. And I start naming moves after people I learned them from. Like, right. You know, even if it's got another name, I'm like, oh, like I call it the one the Toledo choke. Right. Yeah. You had the Toledo choke, and yeah. I got this, I got that. But, yeah. You know, oh, the Pimenta Pass. Oh yeah, this one. Yeah. Yep. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, man. It, it, but those little things, like it's, it's uh, just thinking of that, like it's easier than thinking of like the move, because it's uh, I don't know. Have you seen? You don't watch much football, but it's like one of those. Um, Chip Kelly was a football coach for Oregon, and their whole thing was like that real fast-paced offense, and so he would just he had boards that would hold up pictures. They had like four different pictures, and each picture represented a play. Mm-hmm. So, you know, instead of like, you know, doing their signals or calling it in, like, and then them having to think about it, it was just a picture. So, like, Donald Duck equals this play. Mm-hmm. And, like, people, like, you can process that shit faster than almost like telling them the play and then making them have to think about the play. And it's like, if you're like, okay, do an arm bar versus like, all right, do the canoe arm bar. And it's like, oh, you know, it's like, you don't have to think about it in the same way. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting how our, our mind works and we create those little mental shortcuts and hacks. Because you have to, man. The you less you to. think on the map, the better. Yeah. Back to the no mind. Yeah. You can't be thinking too much. I mean, it pisses me off to admit that I even think their name because it means that my mind is sticking for just a <laughs> moment as I shift gears, you know? So, it, uh, but yeah, it's part of the Part of the part growing of the process. process. Yeah. No, that's pretty awesome. I want to shift gear. I'm doing, you know, think about it. We've talked like the first 45 minutes all about jujitsu. We're going to have to edit this and put this put on the back, back at end. the end. Yes. So we don't fuck people up. <laughs> right. Because I wanted to, I was going to bring this up and it just popped in my head when we were talking about at the beginning about recovery. So I'm going to talk about sleep real yeah. quick. The only reason is just I had some personal experience this week that just reiterated how important setting up your environment to sleep properly is. The reason being is because at my house, I got my my house and my room set up pretty fucking good, man. Like, my room is dark. I mean, I don't have any lights in there. I mean, my phone, so one, like, the phone doesn't go in there, so I don't have a phone charger. You know, I don't have a TV or any anything in there, so there's no, you know, usually when you turn your TV yeah. off, there's like a little red light that goes, yeah, just yeah. tiny little red light, right? No night lights, none, I got blackout curtains, like, at night, dude, it's fucking pretty dark in there. And uh, I had you don't need to know why, but for I had to stay at somebody else's house for like almost this whole past week, right? Last half of the week. And dude, this fucking person's house, man, it was like goddamn daytime in there, man. There was, there was, and I didn't think about it beforehand. So the first night I get there, well, the first thing I really noticed is, so I have one of those uh, salt rock lamps. Yeah. You, you've seen those, right? Those yeah. Himalayan salt rock lamps. Yeah. That's my reading light. Because it's a real warm, yeah. dim light. And it's even a dimmable one. I can turn it way down. So that's my reading light at night. So when I lay down in bed, I always read you know, before I go to bed. And that light is just, it doesn't charge you up. It's not bright. And it's super easy, man. I can Sometimes I read like a page and I'm like, oh man, I'm pretty tired. You know, and it's super easy transition. Boom, turn that off, I'm out. Well, so I lay down in this bed. And all they, they have, you know, your normal bedroom set up. They got a little nightstand. They got a lamp on there. You t- but you turn the lamp on and it's like <laughs> it's so bright dude they're trying to do surgery with yeah, it <laughs> why is this so bright oh my goodness so that was the first thing 
And then, so, I was like, because I only read for a little bit. I was like, dude, with this bright light and me enjoying this book, I'd be up reading all night, no matter how tired I was. And it was like, I'm not going to fall asleep. So I had to abort that mission. Shut that fucking thing off. And I lay down, dude. And first of all, there was a nightlight in there. That's an easy one. You go and plug that fucking thing. There's an alarm clock next to the bed with the big digital numbers on it. You got to cover that thing up. They had, they had this house had a landline, so there's a phone on a charger there, and it's got like a red and a green light on the charger base. You don't think about all these little lights, but dude, they add up, so I had to cover that up. They had a TV and like their satellite or cable box in there. The TV had a little red light. Their cable box had this blue light. It was like bright as the fucking sun for some reason. And I was like, what? So I got that covered up. Then they had a bathroom in their master bedroom. There was a nightlight in the master fucking bedroom. Like everywhere. I was like, what is going on? I was like, how do people sleep like this? And and uh, I corrected most of the problems. Like, do that first night. Corrected most of the problems. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Dude, it was fucking horrific, man. And... That's the thing, I don't think it really, because I know setting up your room to be as dark and as cool as possible and all these things really helps, but you don't realize how much of a difference it makes until you have a good setup and then you go someplace else that has a terrible setup Yeah. and it really fucks you up. Oh yeah. And then you're like, oh, this is Dude, traveling like hotel huge. rooms, I just try to survive yeah. in a hotel room, man. Like, yeah. Uh, exactly. You're looking around the room and you're like, why is that little light over there so, so bright? bright. <laughs> what is going on? And you're like, but when we were in Durango, um, you could see actually where somebody, the, they had a, a fucking smoke detector and the little green light of the smoke detector was like that. It was just this like super bright light. Yep. And you could see where somebody else had, had come in and like taken some paper and like shoved it in to cover it up because you're sitting there trying to sleep and it's like you can practically see the light through your fucking closed eyelids mm-hmm. and yeah I don't I don't know man it's it's really uh, I mean people I would say one that's why most people don't get enough sleep or have good sleep most people are sleep deprived I right. guess would be the way to describe it and. Uh, but yeah, it's, just, it's an ignorance thing. People just don't know. They don't know. That, and that's, that's the point I wanted to bring up. Because if you've just been doing that for so long and you think you're getting good rest, you're really not. <laughs> you're sitting there. I mean, the, the funny thing is, is like, you've got that nightlight on. They've probably got the nightlight on and the TV. Yeah. Right? They're sitting there with the nightlight on. Or not the nightlight, the fucking bedstand light. Yeah. They're super bright. they got their bedstand light. So they're like, you know, reading and they got the TV on and all the other shit and it's like right oh it's time to go to bed sweetie you know click click like go to bed and it's like your brain is like wait a minute it was noon yeah <laughs> like just two seconds ago what do you mean it's time to go to sleep yeah. yeah so it's yeah it's important and it's it is it's one of those things until you've experienced it without a better way of saying it the proper way or yeah. a more advantageous setup until you do that and then go back, you don't realize how much better it is to have it set up that way. Yeah. So yeah, because I remember I tried explaining some of those things uh, to my parents when I was back in Michigan earlier this summer, and uh, and you could tell they just kind of thought I was an idiot. You know, like no, that doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any difference. Doesn't make any difference. You know, they got TV and they're on their phones and fucking lights all over. You know, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, I remember the first night sleeping there. I was in. Uh, bedroom and I had like the hallway door door to the hallway open 
And there's fucking lights all over the house, like beaming into the bedroom. And I'm like, what is going on here? Why is this happening? Why does it need to be so bright? Everybody should be sleeping. And it's just, uh, People are afraid of the dark. Something, man. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't but anyways, know. I just wanted to share that experience with the people. Yeah. Set your sleeping situation up for the best sleep possible. For sure. You know, and I, you know, I was on the other side of that for a long time. So when I was working for Halliburton, you know, there'd be I'd spend so many nights out in the truck. You'd have to sleep, you know, in the sleeper, the the semi truck. And dude, you have that truck parked on and right next to the oil rig where they're drilling. And there's noises and light, but I, I had to, I mean, that was the only opportunity I had to sleep. So you had to sleep. You, and so you get accustomed to it. It's obviously, it's not ideal, but you, yeah. and so, yeah. Cause that, yeah, it just, you can adjust. It is, man. It's the hard thing, man. Like the human organism is amazingly adaptable. Yep. It doesn't mean that it's optimal and that it's thriving. It just means that it is adapted to the situation. Yep. And so it's, uh. Yeah, and that's the hard thing with most people because adaptation versus like optimal thriving, you don't you don't know it until you realize that you were doing it. It's like uh, God, I was watching. I forget where it was, but somebody was describing like you know the um, that's probably on the Joe Rogan podcast, whatever. Like the feeling of being wrong, like before you know you're wrong, it feels just like being right, mm-hmm. right? And so. You just don't know, and so and then someone tells you, and then you're like, oh, and then and then you feel like you're wrong. But up until that point, you felt like, oh, I you know I knew what was going on. I was I was right. So it's just tough for people to, um, yeah, admit that when they don't know. So, anyways, anyways. I kind of derailed this. We had a good jujitsu t- conversation going. No man, I felt it felt weird. Felt like I had to take it off the rails. Sleep's important. It is. Yeah. Yeah, I see that all the time, though, man, adapting. People adapt to shit, and then they think that just because they don't feel bad, that that's the same thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You can do better. You can do better. So, Anyways. Anyways. No. So you got some bro signs for us? I got a few bro signs. Oh, you know what, man? I had a little, I had a thought the other day. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Can I interrupt? Yes. Uh, I just, I wanted to bring this up. I believe they're trying to pass this like law or whatever in the Supreme Court that obesity is going to become a protected class of, of what of, uh, of people like for example um, is what there was this case this guy went to he applied for a job this gentleman applied for a job um, and they he didn't get the position because he was one of the one of the reasons I, I can't remember exactly how it was worded, but one of the reasons stated was because he was very obese and unhealthy, and yeah. they, they knew it was going to cost the company a lot of money ultimately or yeah. had the potential to, so they didn't hire him. So this guy ended up suing them, and it made it all the way to the Supreme Court. And I think there's they're going to start they're trying to pass that that like you can't be discriminated against even if it's your own business, and you're like, hey, this guy could cost me a lot of money in the, in the long run, you know, we're not going to hire them, you know, and they're going to say that's illegal to do. It's going to become a protected class. You're fucking fattest. Yep. You're a fattest. Dude, that is, uh, that's kind of scary. It is scary. Cause it, that's, it's just a slippery slope. You know, like where does it go from here? Yeah. You know, cause well, so, for, so, so for example, say you run a business and you just have a standard size toilet in there. 
and some fucking 350, 400 pound person comes in and they can't use your restroom because they're just too goddamn big. Right. Oh, so you're not set up for them? You know, are you breaking the laws? You know, because you, now if you run a business, you got to have like handicap accessible stuff. You got to have yeah. rail, handrails and stuff. So now do we all have to have like extra large toilets for super fat people? Dude, what about like airlines? Man? Yeah. You know, are they going to... Yeah, like, but are they going to have to take, like, take out a work? seat and just make bigger seats? Yeah. And, yeah. They, how does that work? Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's a very, it's a dangerous thing. Huh. If they let that through. No, of course. Well, because the difference is that... Again, people love to point to outliers, right? It's it's, uh, but for the most part, if you're overweight, there's some personal choices going on there. Yep. Being born a woman, being born not white, you know, or what you know what I mean, like the traditional um, things that that the government has tried to step in and protect. Are things that you have you don't zero have no control. Choice. Zero control. Right. right. You just have people judging you solely on things that have were completely out of your control. But man, if you weigh four hundred pounds or three hundred pounds or whatever, like there are choices that you are making that are contributing to that. Yep. And that says something about you personally. Like no offense, but like how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it, you know, for me to have to overlook that um, and just pretend that this is just a normal person like anyone else. With the shit roll of the dice. Right, right, right. It's like, no, it's not, that's not true. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's, it, it is a, a, it's a frightening thing, man. It is. Because fat people are not, they shouldn't be a protected no. class. Like, they don't need to be a persecuted class. No, we don't need to put them in you know, prison but, camps and starving. You know, here's the thing, man. I was, I was thinking about this. Like, society, you have to de- declare something being normal, right? You have to be assumptive on some level that something is considered normal. And anytime that you, it's impossible to go through your day. Like, having to walk up and gender check every person that you see because you're just being assumptive that you see someone who looks like a man, well, that must be a man. Or vice versa, like you, you, you can't go through your day. Like if you were non-assumptive, if you were a true, like, oh man, I'm just, you know, I don't assume anything from anyone. Everyone is their own flower, and they can do whatever they want, and I'm not gonna assume anything. Like you literally have to gender check every person that you fucking came across, because you'd be an asshole for assuming that they were anything without you fucking confirming it. So you, you have to make these fucking assumptions. And so anytime you declare something is normal or, or just like just kind of the, 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 the societal norm, you're going to create a situation where people outside of that are going to not like feel like, okay, well, I'm not in that what's considered normal thing. And the, like there's no way around that because if you create a situation where those people feel normal, guess who doesn't feel normal? Others. Everyone else. Everyone else, yep. Like, you can't, like, create a situation where being a fucking transvestite cross-dresser is normal and a straight heterosexual dude feels normal, too. It's just not... You can't... It, 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 so, it, it's, it, it's impossible. Now, the thing is, is, like, just because we just say something's normal doesn't mean that you're... 
you like you have to persecute people that don't fall within those norms, right? It's just hey, we're just trying to function as a society, and so we're just going to assume that if you you know dress like a girl and have long hair, that you're a girl because that that just has fucking how are we going to get through our day if I can't make that assumption? Then uh, it's it's like you know what, what I don't know, man. It's just. It's maddening. It's fucking maddening, man. We're not trying to persecute people just because we declare something normal. And and we're just trying to like create norms for society. And yeah, we do need to reevaluate them and look at them, but like just pretending that there's no like no such thing as men and women or it's just ridiculous. It's just fucking ridiculous, man. It's just fucking ridiculous. So but yeah, like fat people are not a protected class. Like, it, it is a personal choice. That's what we're moving towards. That's what we're moving towards. But it's, uh, anyways. I, don't I, know. I knew I knew you bringing that up to get you fired up. Dude, it's fucking maddening. I just I don't understand. Because that's, that's what it is. It's like, look, I don't want to persecute them, but, like, it basically turns into a persecution of me. Yep. To make you feel normal. Now, you feel like you've like you got to turn this into a situation where I feel persecuted. And it's like... Like why? Like this is this is bullshit. Like you know, let's just look at like situations where true situations, like where are are fat people being discriminated against unfairly, right? Now I don't. Again, we can look at the fucking situations, but to just like declare them a protected class and that you can't discriminate that against them in any way, shape, or form, that shit gets fucking scary. Yep. It's like, dude, I don't. Where does it stop? Where does yeah. it stop? Yeah. 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 It doesn't. It so. doesn't. That's, yep, exactly. It doesn't stop. Right. They just keep moving the fucking goal line. Like, just, yeah. I mean, the, 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 that's the crazy thing is it's it's demonstrable, right? You can demonstrate that someone who is obese is going to incur X number of dollars more in health costs. They're going to miss X number of days more than someone who's not. Like, it's, you can demonstrate it. You can point to it and say, look, this person will have, I mean, you know, a, a, an effect on my productivity and, and my company's ability to, uh, to be successful. You can fucking point to the stats. And if someone wants to make that choice, then that's their fucking choice. That's their choice. That's their fucking choice. You got to live with your choices. And there's consequences. Well, well, exactly. Right. It's like you got to live with the choices of fucking be, being uh, fucking, you know, eating too much and not moving enough. And this guy's got to deal with the choice of like, hey, like if this guy may have been the best worker that you ever had, may have been brilliant, and you missed out on that opportunity yep. because you made that opportunity cost. But it's like, it, we're all fucking adults. We should be able to make our own decisions. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fucking nuts, Anyways, man. That's how you end up with like some small lady standing at the front door of the White House. <laughs> Getting ran over. You know what I mean, though? Yep. But that's what it is. Because yeah, like, things get taken to an extreme. Like, you can't discriminate against women. Great, but that's how you end up with women in positions that are dangerous for them to be in because and also endangering everybody else. Everybody right? Yes, it's yeah. like, dude, you are not fit to be a fucking security guard or, or be a police officer. I mean, you know, you've seen situations where it's like, dude, big fucking dudes start getting down on some girl, and it's like, it doesn't matter that you got a fucking like that you're a police officer. So, anyways, it's it's fucking maddening, man. Like. You just you end up putting people in bad situations for themselves and everyone else by trying to force this shit on people. So, anyway. So don't be fat people. 
Ah, exercise. Yeah. I know. Eat decently. It's just funny, man. You know the 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 scale. You just it, the the pendulum goes back and forth, and it's uh, man. For a long time, there were fucking problems. There were people that were being discriminated against and persecuted, and there were fucking issues. And the pendulum is is fucking it's swinging too far the other way, and so. What sucks is you have to almost sound like someone who wants to discriminate against people to try to get the fucking conversation and pendulum to start swinging back towards the middle. And and that's what's tough, you know, because people can sit there and be like, oh, well, you're just a fucking racist and sexist. Right. And, you know, you want it to be, you want it to swing all the way back to the other side where, you know, we've got Jim Crow laws and women can't vote, huh? It's like, fuck no. No, that's not what But we're we don't need to make fat people a protected class so I have to sound like a little bit of a, of a bigot just to kind of get the conversation away from the absurdity of the there's nothing matters man it's nothing's real it's all just a social construct and that's the problem people are afraid to sound like that and get labeled as a bigot yeah. so they don't speak up and then this kind of shit is pushed through yeah the next thing you know we're living in a weird ass world I know yeah dude that was do you remember uh, was it Eric Weinstein was uh, on recently on the Joe Rogan a couple weeks ago, a few weeks ago. And, and he was talking about he has a friend who has a genetic condition where he's actually, yep. uh, he's neither a man nor a woman. And and he, and Erickson are saying that like, having a form that asks someone to select male or female is like persecuting this person. Because, you know, we have these these binary constructs of male and female. And it's like, there's this very, very, very small percentage of people. And I just, like the thing for me, I kept waiting for Joe to say, and it was like, wait a minute, man. Like no one's making this guy feel that way. Mm-hmm. That guy's choosing to feel persecuted. That guy's choosing to let this affect him this way. No one's making him feel that way. It's just a form to fill out. It's just a fucking form. And when man. someone created that form for you to fill out, they weren't creating with the intention like, oh man, point zero zero one percent of the population has some super rare genetic condition that we've got to fucking take that into consideration too. Like, come on, man. At a certain point, it gets ridiculous, yeah. and that's why that's why I started thinking about like, dude, you have like, just because society says like the normal thing is male or female. Okay, we're just trying to figure out some way to categorize people male or female it doesn't necessarily mean that you are persecuting everyone who doesn't fall into that that's not an automatic persecution just because you've created a norm doesn't mean an automatic persecution of people who fall outside that norm and but that's the attitude and that and just and and it's easy to feel that way but then you're also supposed to look at it and be like look man i can see why people like i am in the vast minority, like I am an outlier. And so for me to expect society, society to somehow figure out how to include all outliers is a little ridiculous. Not a little ridiculous, it's very, very ridiculous. ridiculous. It's harmful to society. It's just, it's not, it's almost harmful to me too because it's just, it's like giving into my feelings of being persecuted and, and how outside things are influencing me, right? And so... It's uh, so the flip side is is those people could also change how they're viewing the situation and not look at it as being persecuted, but look at it as like, well, I understand why 
this is happening and why I fall outside of that. And I don't, I don't have to feel persecuted because of this. Like no one is, is telling me I can't have a job because of this condition. So, you know, and if you can't explain to your employer, if you know, like, Hey man, here's the thing. Like, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't know how to fucking put it, but no, you're, it you're, just seemed a little ridiculous. I, I kept waiting for that to come up at some point. Like Joe to just be like, look, man, isn't this guy choosing to feel persecuted? Yep. No, he never said that. Never said it. But you're you're right, man. The onus is on you. You can't let other people, uh, so to speak, like rent headspace. Yes. You, know, like, you got to look at intention. Like if somebody does something and it bothers you, you got to look at okay, what why intention? Why is it bothering me? Did they do this specifically to bother me, or were they did they do it with, without the intention? I'm choosing to take it that way. You got to. I, I I ran into that recently, you know. I get fired up about something that somebody did, and they're not doing it with any ill intention towards me. But I, I'm taking it that way. And there's no, and you got to stop yourself. You got to just recognize it, like, oh, okay, like yeah. it's it's okay for me to be upset or annoyed by it, but it stops there. Yeah, like you you, know, you can't be mad at that person for it, and you know because they weren't intentionally trying to frustrate you. Yeah, and it's it's tough to get people to get into that headspace it is man I mean I had to check myself too like am I just getting defensive because right. I'm just defending my ideas of a social construct and what does it really matter if they just do you know just fucking come up with 18 different gender types that you you know what I mean like it, it's uh <laughs> yeah there's just there's definitely a distaste towards that idea because like I'm used to the idea that we have and it, it, it fits for me so I you know I challenge myself with that am I just you know, and what would it matter, right? Like, if, if that shit comes around and in 10 years, like, all the bullshit, it's like, oh my God, like, what does it really fucking matter? What does it matter? You know what I mean? So then, then you and I are actually in the situation where we're, we have to be like, okay, you know, we're no better than the fucking people who were complaining before if now we're letting this bother us and they're renting headspace in our head because every day we wake up and we go, I can't believe there's fucking 17 gender things on a fucking <laughs> form. I got to figure, I got to go on Twitter and complain. I got to figure out how to get this changed. You know what I mean? Like you get consumed by things that just don't matter. Don't matter. Don't fucking and matter. How often, how often are you filling out forms where you got to mark male or female? Right? You know, yeah. What do you do? What do you, it's, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Anyways. There you go. All right, I feel better. I, I, I derailed us from the jiu-jitsu conversation. Yeah. Well, we'll get back on some fucking bro science here. Perfect. So the the fucking theme of this week's bro science. Well, you're coming in with themes now, huh? Balance training. Okay. So I looked up some balance training because balance training is one of those those uh, interesting topics. You know, people will that's that's where like the uh, um, the Bosu ball, you know, the wobble board. Where's your hey, sorry? Where's that fly swatter? Yeah, let thing. me see while you're talking. You got yeah. the real science going on. I got whack that thing. Anyways, go I know, like he's flying over there. I know. Right? Yeah. So, Bosu ball, balance ball. You know, a Swiss ball. Yep. So it's, it's, uh, balance training is something that uh, comes up mm-hmm. from time to time with people. And, um, you know, does it work? What should you do? Things like that. So, I guess, I, I guess before we get started, what's your take on balance training? Um... I think it's important to incorporate once in a while. And it's, again, it's one of those things, you know, you can take it too far. 
Yeah. You know, you don't have to. Yeah, there was a, a point in time in the, we'll just call it the fitness industry, where everybody was taking it too fucking far. And you'd go to the gym and you'd see people doing bicep curls on a, on a BOSU ball. You know what I mean? On a, everything, they wouldn't do anything just normal anymore. Everything, excuse me, was on some sort of wobble board or balance board. I think that's a little excessive. Um, but I do see benefits to it, you know, if you incorporate it intelligently. Know yeah. why you're doing it and when you're doing it. Yeah. So what do you do for balance training? Um, so, I, you know, recovering from the surgery, uh, I do a lot of single leg stuff, you know, because I would even call that balance training, like a, okay. like, a, like a single leg deadlift. Yeah. Right? And, you know, single leg squats, you know, either like an air, air lunge or a pistol squat. Um, single, so single leg stuff and my indoor board. I use the indoor board on a cushion, you know, doing some squats and things on that. I'd say that's probably the extent of my balance training. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's a, yeah, single leg stuff would definitely fall in the balance training. I think when most people think about balance training, they're probably thinking about more like specific balance training methods, like you know, standing on a wobble board or slack line mm-hmm. uh, training or balance beam or you know okay. something that's like you wouldn't look at it and go like that's kind of strength training. But I, you're absolutely right, because like that is balance training, and you would be. Uh, that's a great place to start. I mean, before we even get into the fucking some of the stuff here, but you should be able to stand on one leg. Yeah. Like that's just a basic balance thing. Like if you can't stand on one leg, and you're coming to me asking about like Bosu balls and stability balls and shit like that, eh, we're putting the cart before the horse here. So doing single leg just balancing and then single leg exercises is a uh, yeah important part of, of overall balance training but I think that that's also that's where the it kind of uh, the line gets blurred a little bit though like is that balance training or is that strength training right and so like for you maybe because it's more your ACL your it's more balance training you know, at a certain point, it becomes more strength training once your balance gets down. I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. So, why you got to place things in boxes, James? Male, that's, female, or other? That's right? how I am able to fucking make <laughs> sense of the world, my friend. I feel persecuted now. Yes. <laughs> Good. That is my goal. I wake up every day and I say, "Who can I persecute today? Who I can I make I feel inadequate?" I knew that's what your main yep. motivation was. So, all right, so we had a couple studies that came across. One was actually a slackline study where they studied people doing slackline to work on their balance training. And surprisingly enough, they found out that slacklining made you better at... Slacklining. Yes. Surprise, surprise. Surprise, surprise. That was about it. You didn't really see a whole lot of uh, (laughs) balance training. Yeah, carry over to other balance tests and stuff that they were doing. So I didn't dig super deep to see what else they were studying, but it's, you know... It doesn't really matter. It's it's didn't really carry over uh, to a whole lot there. So, um, but it just kind of speaks to the specificity of it. That you know, balance training on a slack line isn't necessarily going to improve your balance for jujitsu. Like if you feel like you know, because balance for jujitsu is fucking hugely important. And you know the you got your your obviously like stand-up balance like dealing with someone in a stand-up situation but dude passing someone's guard i mean your fucking balance is hugely important and so your ability to um yeah maintain your balance while attacking someone's guard 
so, but it may, you may not see like a whole lot of carryover. Like if you feel like your balance is off there, you just kind of get off balance easily. Um, trying to do past people's guards, like maybe doing a bunch of slack lining isn't going to help that. Might be fun, but it's not, it's not going to carry over. It's not going to carry over. I mean, really, the thing that's going to be best for that is fucking passing people's guard, like training, drilling, you know, good drilling, where people are giving you good reactions, sort of thing. So, but anyways, uh, what I found one here that was, it was an overview on balance training studies. And so they do these things called meta analysis. Mm-hmm. And so it was a meta-analysis of a bunch of studies. And their their goal was to establish an average. Basically, they were going to try to, you know, there's all these different protocols that they've studied and found to be effective in certain ways. And so, so what's like the average? Because, you know, the idea is like, well, we got to tell somebody. We got to give somebody some advice, right? If you come to me and you say, hey, I want... I want to do balance training. What should I do? What does science tell me I should do? Are you going to come to them and say, well, here's 50 different studies and they all say something different? Or are you going to come to them and say, well, here's 50 different studies and here's what, what they found? You know, what they found is basically like, if you average all these studies, you take them all and you put them together, like what does it tell you is kind of the average of those studies, right? Mm-hmm. And so what, what would you... When the way that that information is usually delivered is like that, because if you come to someone with fifty different studies, it's like, no, no, I want to know what they find. What was the average, right? And so they come up with their average for the balance training. But the problem is, is this is how this shit starts, man. Is uh, the average is what no one did, right? Right. If you think about it, you take what everybody did, you added it up, and you divide it by that number, and that's the average. But if you look at it, that's what almost no one, very few people actually achieved the average. So, like, these studies, like, they're giving you an average, but then you, you know, probably go and look at the studies and and the protocols, and, like, none of them actually did that. (laughs) You had a lot on this end and a lot on that end. Right. In the middle was, I think it was, like, 46 minutes a week, two times a week. With, with, with some, you know, if I recall uh, correctly. But I was just like, this is how this shit gets started. Yeah. Because it's, it's a specificity thing, right? Those 50 studies found that, well, this was effective in this specific situation for this specific thing. But then you start trying to give people an average on that so that you can create a, a balance training protocol for the public. And you're taking away from the specificity aspect of balance training. And so now you're making balance training less effective by trying to create this fucking average to make it more accessible to the average person. So, anyways, I just thought it was no, that's funny. That's a good point. No, it is. It is, it is funny, but it is a good point. Man, I think a lot of people lose that. They yeah. Don't, they don't think about it like that. Yeah. That happens with a lot of things, man. Anytime you find, like, you know, we looked at 20 studies and here's what they found. It's like, well, what they're telling you is kind of like, take it all together and, and here's kind of like the average and stuff and so you always got to take that stuff with a grain of salt yep. but it was uh, yeah I looked at that and I'm like this is how this shit starts right here someone's going to do this program and it's what none of them did no one's done this no program. one's done this program it's just the average of what they found to be effective so uh, I did find one on um, it, was, uh, it was kind of related it was like a study on balance and elite athletes and mm-hmm. you know does it matter and what they found is like, yeah, balance matters. They're like elite athletes have really good balance, 
what was interesting is they found that balance was important in things like uh, target shooting in archery. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The, I wouldn't have guessed that. You, no, no. I mean, I, I, I totally can understand. It makes sense. But if you were to say, hey, pick, pick an activity where that balance would have the best carryover, yeah. I wouldn't have went to archery. Yeah, well, just that, that you would find that the best athletes have better balance than mm-hmm. everyone else. And so, uh, yeah, that's what they you know were finding. Like, the elite athletes in these sports have better balance than the average athletes in these sports. But they said that, like, what is it? They said uh, there were some sports like judo and surfing. And it was, like, one other one that's, like, you know, where these differences between, you know, elite athletes wasn't as big. So, like, basically in rifle shooting you'll find like you can find a big gap between an average rifle shooter and a really elite rifle shooter and their balance hmm. uh, scores. But if you're in judo, your balance is pretty fucking good. It's gonna be pretty Even good. if you're an average judo dude, you, you know, the elite guys are not going to, they may have a little bit better balance, but they're not going to be like just hugely better, uh, you know, kind of thing. And so there are some balance heavy sports where you didn't find the bigger gaps, but my uh, one of my takeaways from this is this is how this shit starts too, because elite athletes have better balance, so therefore better balance, balance training makes you makes athlete. you more elite athlete. And now, what kind of balance training do we want to do? Well, let's go look at this study that tells us the average of everything that works. <laughs> this is gonna make me elite. You can totally see how this happens. Totally, yep. totally, and and there's. You know, there's probably people that if I said that to would not get the ironic joke. They would be like, no, you're right. That's what we want to do. The elite athletes have better balance, so we want to do balance training. We want to take a look at what science tells us the best thing is in this study here. It's fucking crazy. So anyways, I just, I, I just found that funny. Um, and then my last one, balance training and ACL surgery rehab. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to. I'm excited for this one. Yes. Um. Where is it? Where is it? Here it is. Yes. The effects of balance training on static and dynamic postural stability indices after acute ACL reconstruction, and uh, those are like indicators. Mm-hmm. Indices. Okay. So here's the results. I'm going to read you the results. And then I'm going to read you the conclusion. And I'm going to see if you have the same reaction that I did. Okay. Okay? I'm I'm prepared. You're prepared. All right. So, results showed that the amount of static stability indices did not change after training. And there were not significant differences in static stability indices before and after balance training. Although amount of dynamic stability, stability indices decreased, there were not significant differences in dynamic stability indices before and after balance training. The amount of dynamic stability indices were decreased in the balance training group, however. There were not significant differences between the groups. Conclusion. These results support that balance exercises could partially improve dynamic stability in early stages of ACL reconstructive rehab. The results of this study suggest that balance exercises should be a part of the rehab program following ACL reconstruction. That's not what I heard from the results. 
Okay, thank you. I thought I was losing my mind. I had no. to read that like fucking five I, times. Yeah, if I had that in front of me, I would have to do the same thing. You know, it's different hearing it, but yeah, just reading what the conclude or the results were and then their conclusion. That is not at all how I would have wrote the conclusion. No, no, it, does, it didn't because it even even one of the the last couple sentences you read in the results it said there was not a you know big difference in dynamic stability among the two groups. Yeah. So I'm assuming they had one group doing balance exercises, one group one doing group not. Not. Yeah. And then they compared. They had some sort of metric, you know, dynamic balancing exercise they did at the end, and they discovered they didn't really improve that much differently. Right. Well, the, not it, only it, that, but like there was not a big difference between doing it and not doing it. Beginning and after. The right. guys that did it didn't, there wasn't a big difference between right. the before and after. But results. then the conclusion, it almost like. Like, yeah, we don't care hey, what that we says. Don't care, we don't care what that says. Here's what we, we want this published, and we know that to get it published, we need to toe the line that balance training helps ACL oh. surgery and so we're going that's the conclusion but if someone just read the conclusion to you right without you knowing what the actual results of the study were like it's totally different again, this is how this shit starts mm -hmm. man this is how this shit starts so yeah it's, it's weird that was weird man that is, that is weird I was like I had to reread it because I'm like I must not be reading this right but there's nothing positive there was not one thing where they were like oh yeah this was a significant this, this had a big improvement right? yeah no no but then they go to say that you should do it right the conclusion is it should be part of the rehab program yeah yeah i didn't get that i didn't get that I didn't, either. I didn't get that from the study no so yeah there you go man there's your fucking bro sign for the week <laughs> balance what, training is very specific and be careful, like be wary, man. Be wary. This is how shit starts. Yeah, don't go down that rabbit hole too far. Not, yeah, it's that, well, I mean, it's the the balance training and this, like specifically, but just man, in general, this is how you see shit in fitness yep. start. It's just things get, you know, studies are done and the conclusions are more massaged to uh, make sure that it gets published, that you're towing the line of what the people reading the paper want the paper to say. Like, yes, there is uh, homosexual dog prejudice at dog parks. <laughs> right? Yep. Like, it doesn't matter what the study was. You just want to see what that conclusion says and does it match up. And so, like, dude, that is, I have seen more than one study where I've had to, where the conclusion does not match up with the results. So then you got to go back and read the study again. Okay, maybe I misread this. Maybe my understanding of this statement was wrong. So you go back and reread it. And you double like, okay, then you read the conclusion again. You're like, that does not, yeah. I do not get that from that. Dude. If you summarize those results, this is not the paragraph I would write. Yeah. It's That's crazy how they can massage their conclusion to toe the line. Because if you want to get published, man, you got to yeah, you gotta be peer reviewed. And, yeah. and your peers are not into having their beliefs challenged. So, and that's why Einstein, like, everybody's like, th that's why he couldn't get a fucking appointment. Like, from the beginning, you know, everybody says he was a bad math student and felt whatever. He's, he's a great fucking math student. He just challenged their preconceived ideas of what light was. You know, was it a wave or a photon or what the fuck was it? And he was saying it's both. And people are not into having their shit challenged. So that's how he ends up working as a patent clerk in fucking Switzerland or whatever. And it wasn't until they proved beyond the shadow of a doubt, they tried so hard to fucking prove him wrong. And when they finally couldn't do it anymore, 
was when they finally accepted him and pretended like, Albert Einstein's the genius that we've always loved. And, I mean, you'd, you'd never know, man, really, like, looking back on it, that science and academia fucking tried so hard to not pay attention to that guy because they did not want to be proved wrong. Yeah, when your belief system gets shook by somebody else's, it's hard to accept. Yeah. It's easier just to cast them out like, out oh, of crazy. Yeah. Exactly. It is. But that's what science is about, man. It doesn't prove shit. It just fails to prove something. So that's the thing. You always got to be, there's always a possibility that something new evidence can come and point in a new direction. And that's what science should be, man. And that's why it gets so fucking maddening when you see it becoming more of a, like, no, no, no. We want to, we're, we're just trying to keep reinforcing the same message. We go into these studies having a, a, a um, preconceived idea. It's like having a supplement study funded by the supplement company. Yep. You know, goddamn well those guys are going into it with a preconceived idea of what they're trying to prove. And then if they don't get what they're trying to prove, they just change it, change the study. Massage it. Massage it until they get the results it. they want. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, So that's the shit that drives me nuts, man. Happens all the time. It just confuses people. Yep. You know, and then you got people taking advice or supplements or following something, you know, doing whatever, taking some fucking drug based on some study and then you find out like, oh, wait a minute, they had 20 before that that didn't work and they finally got this one that does work so they could get the FDA to approve it and it's like, dude, that is, you know, and then five years later you're watching you got the, did you take this drug? <laughs> Call 1-800-SUE the fuck out of them and, you know, did you have hair loss and all this shit? I haven't had one of those turn up from, usually you get those in the mail, you know, some sort of junk mail, some class action yep. lawsuit every once in a while. Yeah. I haven't seen one in quite some time. God, we were, there was something we were in on forget we did have our old honda had a known problem with the cruise control system and we got a uh a settlement it was like a 20 dollar check did you yeah that someday it settled with toyota over it but if we cashed the check we accepted the settlement and that precluded us from being able to have any legal action against them in the future related to this problem mm. and so i was like dude 20 bucks is not worth that and so uh yeah but basically the you set the cruise control and like you go up a hill and when you crested the hill the cruise control would keep winding up like it would take like a good 10 seconds for it to realize it wasn't still on an incline it didn't need to keep adding power to it right and so like if you had it set at 75 that thing would like creep up to like over 80 if you weren't paying attention mm -hmm. And so, if you're already pushing the speed limit a little bit, you know, doing 80 and a 75, and then all of a sudden your fucking uh, speed, your, your uh, yeah, cruise control has got you doing 85, you look down, you're like, fuck. Oh, shit. Yeah. So, that sucked, man. You just, you just want to set cruise control and go. And not have to keep turning it on and off. Oh, I'm pressing the hill, got to turn it off. So, and then, yeah. But not worry about that no more. Sounds like some first world problems there, James. Well, it's not my first world problem anymore. So, we got a car that has good cruise control. That's good. Yeah. Fuck yeah. So. Anyways. What else I got? Oh, I had a, a thought. Yes. Weightlifting. Like, working out, right? Okay. Working out's an activity. Yep. Somebody asks you what do you do, and you say, I work out. Mm -hmm. I train. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a weird, interesting activity because if you think about it, like if I say 
let's I do jujitsu, you do jujitsu. What's the next fucking logical step? Let's roll. Let's train together, let's right? Train, you you play soccer, I play soccer. What what's the next logical step? Mm-hmm. Let's play. You work out, I work out. What's the next logical step? Not necessarily. Not to train together. Not necessarily. No, like if you yeah. ask somebody, like it'd be almost weird, right? It, I know. Yeah, like, it's fun. We should work. Like, it's one thing if you're at the gym, right. right, and you run into somebody. I'm just talking about like you're, you know, just out and you fucking somebody else's friend, and you, you know, you know, oh, you work out too. Oh, you train. It's like it's just it's not as normal thing to be like, oh, we should work out together. No, it's not. And you know, it's funny because I was thinking about this the other day because you. One, I could, and I just had shit going on, but you invited me to come work out with you on you know, Tuesday morning. You know, one, I couldn't, and two, and you can't, it's, it's funny you bring this up, because I, I thought about this, because, you know, we're such good friends, but, you know, we usually don't work out together. Yeah. But what I'm doing right now in my workouts is way different than what you're doing, because you, you're able to train jiu-jitsu a lot, you know, and so you're, what you go out in your garage or your facility and do is different. Like, I got it. I'm putting in a ton of time out in my garage, lifting doing this, doing that. Those days, I'll spend two, three, four hours out there <laughs> because I, I yeah. don't have another outlet. Yeah. You know, and like we talk about the ramping isometrics. It's really great in addition to yeah. training jiu-jitsu. Yeah, you still got to move. In addition to training jiu-jitsu. It's, it's a really good supplement to that. But if you're not able to wrestle, it's not enough. Yeah. You've got to do more. You know, well, for me, you know, I'm saying from a personal standpoint. So, you know, and I, dude, I got a structured workout, man. Like, you know, I, I plan it out usually a week ahead of time, if not, at least the day before, but usually Sunday nights, man. I structure my Monday through next Sunday workout. Boom, I got my push, pull, hinge, squat. I'm going heavy on this today. Boom, I'm doing my roller this day. Like, I have a system. Yeah, and so for me to run into somebody, like, oh, yeah, you know, you work out. Why don't we train together? I'm like, no, man, you're going to fuck up a program. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I have a system here. And this is week week such and such of this program. I'm not coming and doing this. Like right. this is gonna fuck up my it's gonna fuck up my games, James. Yep, I know, man. I know. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I forget what made me think about it, but I had a experience recently. I was on uh, Instagram and I'd seen somebody post uh, something doing something with a steel mace, and I saw that they were in Fruta. And I was like, oh, fucking another dude doing steel mace work. So I messaged him, and I was like. You know, hey man, you know, I, I saw on Instagram you're in mace training. I, I'm in a mace training too. Like, you know, we should get together sometime and, and you know, swing some maces or, or whatever. Go on the mace run. Right. Well, I wasn't doing the mace runs at the time, but even then, but I could just tell his reaction was like, like, you know, kind of like, eh, thanks, but no thanks, you know, like not wanting to be rude about it, but it was just like uh, a little like, dude, who is this fucking weirdo wanting to work out? Or together, and it's like, and then you know, he's got his own thing, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, just like seeing his pictures here and there, he's got like some routine he's following, and so he's posting shit about it. But again, it's the same thing, it's like he's got his thing, and so having someone say, like, Hey, I see you work out, we should work out together, is uh, it's a, it's a weird fucking loner activity. It, I, I, it is and it isn't. Yeah, I think it kind of depends on where you're at in your fitness journey so to speak yeah you know if you're if you are a dork about it like myself and you in your down you're fairly deep down that rabbit hole it's definitely a loner activity because you don't want someone else coming in and fucking up your shit yeah you know because then you got to explain it to them and why you're doing this and then you got to think about the flow of the workout okay what equipment i have he's gonna come i gotta do this while he's doing that it's like 
man, this is way more fucking effort than I like. I'm here training for myself. You yeah. know, this is not my social time. Yeah, it's just that's not. I I think that training isn't conducive to it. Yeah, I'm not. Bl- I, right, I'm the right, same right. way. I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. dude, if some weirdo fucking hit me up and was like, "We should get together and work out," I'd be like, "Okay, dude, right on. I'll call you." I call you. Yeah, like. I'm not gonna go fucking subject myself to your idiocy, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, because that's the other thing—you don't know what you're showing up to. Yep. These guys can be a fucking lunatic. Yep. And uh, so, but that's why I think uh, again, that's one of the things with CrossFit, why people like CrossFit, because it, it gives you that social aspect. Yep. Like it's a little bit different. Like it is a sport. Right. It is a sport. Exactly. Yeah. It is. And yeah, and you it can does. say like, "Oh, you do CrossFit? I do CrossFit. We should go do a CrossFit workout." Let's go together. do a wad. You got to use yeah. angles. Got to do a wad. Let's go do today's wad. Yeah, what's today's wad? Let's go do a fucking calamity Jane. <laughs> I think that's a weed shop here. Is that Jane. okay? <laughs> but anyways, but yeah, that but that is the thing. Like they turn working out into a sport. Into a sport. So it changes. So it. you have that social aspect, and now it is that yeah. not that weird loner thing. That uh, it usually is for guys like us. Yeah, you did. Anybody that really takes their working out seriously, it is. It's most ninety nine percent of the time it is a loner activity. Yeah, and yeah. it's funny. I, like again, I was just thinking about this this week, and I actually listened to a podcast, a fitness podcast, and they had touched on this within the past couple of weeks. That they, they're talking about how they, you know, when they were younger in their twenties, they would have workout partners. But then as they got older and more experienced and, and better at what they did, they liked, disliked having training partners more and more. You yeah. Know, they just like, it just, it wasn't conducive. Right. Because yeah. then, you know, your ego gets involved, then you start doing more weight than you probably should have, and then injuries come, and then you're waiting for people, and it's just like... Yeah, you know, yeah. You got to have just the right training partner. Exactly. You gotta, yeah. They got to be relatively same size, strength levels, skill levels. Yeah. It's, it's not easy to Goals. Find. Goals, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. even just like, you know, when you start out just going to the gym, right? Like, because you, you don't have that social aspect of working out with somebody, but just, I mean, I'm sure you did, man. Like, getting a little energy from going to the fucking gym. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Uh, but eventually it starts to drive you nuts mm-hmm. and, and you don't even want that. It's like, like, I hate going to a fucking commercial gym. I can't even imagine trying to work out in one of those fucking places now. But yeah, back in the day, you get all fucking pumped up going mm-hmm. to the gym, you know, going to do your fucking workout, but you're by yourself, but you got, you know, at least people like around. people around, but yeah, it's, and even if you got, it's, yeah, it's interesting, man, how your the fitness journey, cause you see that a lot, man. Like people have been working out, like you've been working out for a couple decades like, you probably have some fucking equipment at home. Yep. More than likely. More than likely. I mean, you may still go to the gym and work out some, but you're, you're probably started to segue into training at home mm-hmm. just because it is more conducive to just a lot of shit. A lot just, of shit. Just yeah. working out because you got to get out of it. Like, it is, it's a fucking mental thing. And so if you're there and it's just, like, that's why I don't even, I, I don't know, like, fucking training with music is, uh, you need it. I like it, but still, I'm always like, dude, fucking getting used to. You know, you gotta have music to get me pumped up. You know, I don't know. I don't, it's funny. I don't actually mind it so much. At jujitsu, like I don't notice it if the music's off. Mm-hmm. But like, I know everybody else. It drives them fucking nuts, man. It's like you have to have some sort of. People just get so used to having some sort of background noise, noise going just, on just while they're noise. training. Yeah. 
You know, it's just such a cliche thing. Your headphones while you're running or working out. You're, you know, got the music playing. And, uh, but, yeah. I, I go through streaks, you know, and, you know, for as far as jiu-jitsu goes, I like training with music. I, I really like... I do, too. I like the best, like, if you put on some, you know, like, EDM, you know, some lights, you know, so like, you yeah. have no lyrics, just a good beat. Yep. Dude, sometimes you kind of get you kind of get in the zone, dude. And you just turn up loud, like I dig that. Yeah. You know, but I'll go through streaks at home working out. So yeah, I won't have anything. Just be quiet. Yep. Just out there with myself. Just the sounds of the neighborhood. I would Thanks. do that. Uh, I remember mountain biking. I would. I caught myself. I I was riding with headphones a lot, listening to music, and I started to realize, like, dude, am I like tying riding to music? Mm-hmm. And now, what happens if I don't have music one day? Am I gonna like? fucking kill myself because I'm it's just not the same so yeah it's like bullshit no more music while you ride That's, you can't I made, have a weakness I made that shift um in snowboarding and skiing yeah last season two nah it's probably like two or three seasons ago now that cause I used to ride with music all the time yeah and uh it's great but then I do I enjoy it more Without the music. Yeah, me too. You know, when you're skiing or snowboarding, man, you can hear that you're carving through the snow and ice. You hear the different textures. Oh, this is some soft snow. This is some hard snow. Boom. And just, yeah, dude, I love it. Especially if you get on a run when there's nobody else around. You're in the woods. Yeah, it's so peaceful. Yeah. I enjoy it better without music. I don't listen to any music anymore. Nice, yeah. I like to be in the environment. Yeah. Not drawing it out. No, me too, man. Same thing. I was actually riding. We were out for a ride this morning and I was just like, so, yeah, just those sounds, man. Mm-hmm. Just hearing sounds the, the bike makes and yeah, the, the rocks under the tires the tire, and the yeah. dirt. It's like, oh, this dirt. Like, cause we've had some, you know, decent rain lately, so it's got some good hard packed dirt, and that that makes a different sound than when mm-hmm. it's like kind of blown out and sandy. I was just listening to it, and I was like, oh, this is gonna be fun on the way down, man. Yeah. Fucking hero dirt. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's funny, man. The music thing, it's. Uh, it's it's good, but it is. You got to check yourself every once in a while. Like you don't want it to become a crutch. Nope. And so, yeah. Anyways. Anyways. So what else? I thought I had one other fucking note here, and then we'll wrap it up here. Did I? Yeah. What's a? You gotta meet somebody at like four o'clock, huh? Yeah. We're we'll getting like close. Ten more yeah. Oh yeah, my last little thing. Somebody rode my pedals in the Tour de France. No way. Not like a professional rider. There was a lady. She's a triathlete, and she, dude, she's a lunatic, man. She fucking, con- like, sends us emails all the time, because <laughs> she's really pretty good at triathlons, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, you know, she's done, like, the full Ironman in Hawaii and stuff, and she does all her triathlons on my pedals, because she found that being able to ride in the same shoes that you run in, so you don't have to change shoes. Hassle, yeah. And when you jump off on the pedals, your your Achilles tendons aren't all fucked up and tight from being on a bike in, mm-hmm. in that fucked up position. She can just, she's like, I run, I'm setting PRs. Like, I'm way faster with these things. And, of course, people are always telling her, like, oh, just think how much faster you'd be with clipless pedals. And she's just like, dude, you guys are idiots. And so, uh, but apparently, they have a thing where, you know, you can... Um, it's probably like a you know paid for experience thing, but you get to ride a stage in the Tour de France. Um, I don't know if it's like on the same day at the pro. Obviously, you're not in the peloton, the pro peloton. Right. But it's probably like the pros go and then they let the fucking you know tourists. So to, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, man, you still dude ride a fucking stage at the Tour de France. 
it would be pretty fucking fit. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is not just one day of that race is uh, would kill a normal man. That's why it always makes me laugh. Of course, all those guys are on drugs. Of course, yeah. There's no way you can do what they're doing without fucking being on drugs. But uh, so, anyways, this is that's what she was doing. That's cool. But, yeah, she was on her pedal. She sent us pictures. You know, she's fucking riding up Hell the, yeah. the fucking the switchbacks on uh, on her pedals. You can see them, and she said they were like people were tripping out, like because. Most people have never seen them, and big flat pedals. Big flat pedals, and they're talking to her about it, and then they're watching her, and she's performing really well, and and uh, yeah, she says awesome. people were tripping out over it. That's awesome. So yeah, it's great though, man, because she's one of those people like she enjoys, um, uh, like breaking the status quo, like kind of being that rebel. And it's great. Unfortunate thing is, most people aren't. Mm-hmm. Like most people do not want to stick out from the crowd. Like it's hard. Like most people would not do what she did. Most people would have switched conformed. their pedals back and conformed rather than done it because it's just it's a fucking hard thing to do, man. To put up with everybody looking, looking at you, whispering and pointing, yeah, like, persecuting you. What is this? Yeah, she's she wasn't in the box, right? Male or female? But that's a good example. She's choosing not to feel persecuted. She's choosing how she feels, how she feels, and how she looks, and it makes her excited that she's you know showing people a different way of doing it. And uh, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is cool. I know. I was like, oh, that's fucking a man. Hell yeah. I mean, it's not the same as having a pro guy riding them through the whole thing. It's still pretty fucking cool. Though. It is still pretty fucking cool, man. It is. So I'll take it. Good place to end it. We'll end on that note. A good positive note. Yeah. Take the wins. Enjoy them. Take the wins? Oh, the wins. You said the wins. I thought you were getting metaphysical on me. No, no, no. I was like, what, the North Wind? Which wind are we talking about here, bro? Enjoy your wins. Enjoy the positive things. Okay. It's not something I'm good at doing. Yeah. Neither am I. No. That's what keeps us marching forward, man. Yep. So. Cool. A little itch of dissatisfaction. Like when Jamie backstepped out of my single leg accident made me question everything I thought I knew about jujitsu. Dude, he was fucking you up. It was so fun to watch. I was sitting there watching. He was just he was just solving different problems than you, man. Yeah. He yeah. was creating different problems for you and solving different ones. And yeah. he, would, he would solve it and then back out. Let you try to you thought you were creating a problem for him, he would solve it and then back out. Yeah. So, dude, he's so smooth. And he wasn't putting any effort in, not muscle wise. Like yeah. you know what I mean? It was just like, okay, he's like step one, step two, boom. <laughs> Dude, he was playing off my movement. Whatever yep. I did, he was he was reacting off of that. He wasn't having to force the force situation. Nope. Yeah, so I know I had to ask him about it last night when he came over. I'm like, all right, so it's because I wasn't controlling the other leg, right? You're like, yeah, yeah, you're not grabbing that other leg, so I can just backstep. And I'm like, all right, as long as I'm. I'm on the right path to know what the answer was, man. Because I had to sit there and think about it, dude. Because it was happening so fast. And he did it to me like three times in a row. And my mind was just trying to like, whoa, what is going on here? So I had to like sit and, and think about it. And I was like, okay, I got to get that other leg. I'm just being really lazy about not grabbing that second leg. So there you it's go. It's such a good lesson to learn. It is good. So it gives me something to work on because I'm not satisfied. Perfect. Right. Alright, don't be satisfied. Don't be satisfied. Alright, see you. Thank you for listening to the Grumpy Guy BJJ Podcast. Thank you all for listening. You can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Please make sure to subscribe and leave us a review. It really does help and will allow us to keep putting out episodes.
If you have any questions, comments, or ideas, hit us up at grumpyguybjj at gmail.com. Also, go to our website, grumpyguybjj.com, and get signed up for podcast updates and get our free BJJ Improvement Starter Kit. That's it for now. So get on the mat, train hard, and talk to you all next week. Thank you.